This is Southern New Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox. Twelve fifty WGAM Manchester WGHM Nashua. Final hour stretch run here. Sean Sendall filling in for Jimmy Murphy. Sully alongside as always. And uh, we've had a great show, a great run thus far. Don't worry. Down the stretch run. Still. Down the stretch run. Thank you. Well done, sir. Yeah. Still back better. Especially. (laughs) Especially when we get to have Gabe come in and talk a little bit about... Well, everything. 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 Right? everything. From what I've been told, I'm anticipating one of the best conversations I've had <laughs> in a while on air. So really, you, the bar is set quite high for you here, man. So don't let me down. Yeah, you know, I see Barack on speech on stage right now giving a speech in Durham. <laughs> and, um, you know, like his speech, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to live up to the hype shot. I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gabe, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, there were some big games over the weekend that happened, especially in college football. And uh, Texas A&M effectively playing themselves out of the top four. Uh, who does that mean will be? in that coveted top four now? Well, the teams, you know, the obvious teams, the four the, the four other teams that were in the top five uh, with the Washington Huskies, Clemson, Alabama, Michigan, clearly control their own destiny uh, right now. Yet, let's look, look, uh, look back to last year. You know, the first poll, only one of the, one of the four teams ended up playing uh, in the national championship uh, playoffs when it was all said and done. So the first polls are almost meaningless. Mm. And as a betting man, I saw it coming. Uh, last week, in which it's the same thing, man. Every time there's a team that shouldn't be where they are, they eventually get get exposed. Or if a team complains, and now no one's complained yet because it's still too early, but as soon as a team complains, oh, we should be going to this game, or we should be getting this, we should be getting that, they eventually lose. Uh, I wasn't shocked to see Texas A&M go down, but, you know, Let's look at the four teams uh, out of the, out of these four teams that are remaining right now, the undefeateds, and they all, they all have something in common. They all play good defense, and they all play smash-mouth football. I guess Clemson, really, by definition, not a smash-mouth team. Uh, but smash-mouth football back in vogue right now. You know, Bama's, Bama's just playing old school, um, you know, strap it up and smack you in the mouth. Washington, you know, just a big, beefy, old-school offensive line. Michigan uh, as well. And the one team that no one's talking about, the Auburn Tigers. Um, yeah, they got two losses, Auburn, but they control their own destiny. Actually, you know, they get um, they get Georgia, um, and then they pretty much have a scrimmage uh, game out of conference, and then boom, they get Alabama. You know, I'm not saying they're going to beat Alabama, but that's one team nobody's talking about right now. That even with two losses, you know, an SEC teams get into the playoffs if if they run the table. 
uh, from here on out. So Auburn's that one sort of dark horse to keep your eye on, believe it or not. This weekend, Alabama, LSU, the biggest game always is the biggest game to watch. I was working and turned it on and there was no score. So I kept watching a 10 nothing final. That game, I'll tell you what, Smash Mouth, yes, I, I have to admit, I was not expecting uh, Leonard Fournette to rush for almost nothing, despite him rushing for almost nothing last time they played, and I wasn't expecting a 10 nothing final score. You know, we've watched so many low-scoring, crappy National Football League games this year, um, and it's not like, the, oh, you know, it's like the Steel Curtain defense, you know, it was so hard. No, no, it's just terrible. You know, it's just... You know, like yesterday, the Jags and the Chiefs, man. You're not going to see that on NFL films anytime soon as a classic. Or they might have to, considering everything else is just so bad. Uh, but that's just sort of the, the standard bear. But I watched that LSU-Alabama game, and, you know, it was very similar to a soccer game, man, a high-drama soccer game in which it was like, man, whoever scores first, man, and, you know, they're, they're going to win this game. It, it wasn't a crappy, like, oh, man, you know, both teams are terrible at 0-0 and they're going to pass it off like a defensive classic. It actually was that intense. You know, 10, 10 guys on the field that are prospects to be in a National Football League, uh, you know, flying around. It was an interesting football game. In Alabama, that's what makes Alabama so dangerous. You know, if you want to get into a track meet, they can win a track meet like they did last year against Clemson in the National Championship game. Uh, but they can still... They can still play defense when they have to, and they can still just trap it up and get first downs when they have to. Uh, I think I think uh, Saban's probably pretty happy with what happened, that it was a close game. They were tested in the way that they were, because they're going to get tested in the Final Four uh, once they get there. And you know, I think Jalen Hurts is a dangerous quarterback. It's only going to get better as the season goes on. Alabama, I'm a Michigan fan, uh, but uh, you know, I don't really see anybody beating Bama guys, to be honest with you. Look, Gabe, I'm going to go back a little bit to a week, for just a few weeks ago, because I didn't hear you address this with Jimmy, because I probably just didn't, I missed you that day. How much will a loss to Penn State hurt the Buckeyes? It won't. It won't if they're able to beat Michigan. Mm. And this is where, this is where it gets crazy, guys, because we all, you know, in the media and as fans, we all sort of fall into that. Well, look at this team. They have one loss, and you know this team has two losses. So the one loss team is clearly better. That's not the way that the committee looks at it. And you know we saw that last week with Washington, with Texas A and M being ranked ahead of Washington, in which you know Washington are smoking it every week. They're covering point spreads for the most part on a weekly basis. They're just killing teams. Yet the committee is like, you know what, you know, we don't like the schedule, and you know, we we look, we we put more stock in a one-loss SEC team than we do in an undefeated Pac-12 team, and it could upset people. You know, I don't know. As a gambling man, you know, I would probably say that it's not going to be the four teams that are ranked. You know, that'll be ranked in the top four tomorrow, and I assume. You know, it'll be Michigan, Alabama, Clemson, uh, Washington, et cetera. Not in that order, but of those four. Uh, but I think a lot of crazy stuff is still yet to come. I had Spencer Tillman on uh, my show earlier in the day. You know, uh, that former national champion, um, you know, college football analyst still uh, to this day. And I asked him about Michigan. If they lose to Ohio State, do they still get in? And he said they probably will. So somebody's going to be on the outside looking in. I think we can just discount the Big 12. 
The Big 12 blows, man. It's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's an overrated conference. Nobody plays defense. They don't even have a championship game. So they're sort of out of the mix. But, you know, what, then what, what, what kind of stock is the SEC going to get? Is, is the Big 10 going to get? But Ohio State are way in this thing. It pains me to say it. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're way in this thing. I mean, they beat Michigan. They go to the Big 10 championship game. They win a Big 10. They're going to be in the, in the playoff for sure. What about this coming weekend? What am I looking for this coming weekend? What am I watching, and what do you suggest I watch? Well, you know, hopefully it's uh, it's not like the purge uh, after the election tomorrow, Sean. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might I might not be here to watch anything by yeah, the weekend. No, no, exactly. Okay, considering you know the the doom and gloom that everybody's predicting. Oh no, <laughs> you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Um, I don't get too ahead of myself. You know, I want to see. I want to see the polls uh, come out uh, tomorrow, and you know we can sort of gauge where it goes from here. For betting purposes, I haven't looked yet. You know, I'm I'm worried about picking some winners for this Buffalo Bill game <laughs> tonight, and I'm a Bills fan, and I'm perplexed by this game uh, because I think Seattle's going to roll, and it always it always worries me. Uh, but you know the games, and it's almost like the calm before the storm uh, this week. Mississippi State goes to Alabama. You know that that's not going to happen. Uh, not, you know, that's not really a dangerous spot uh, right there. Uh, you know, you look at a lot of the powers. You know, Clemson's got Pittsburgh this week. Pittsburgh's not going to knock uh, Clemson over. Ohio State's going to go to Maryland. Um, so I don't really see any major, uh, you know, stumbling blocks besides the Saturday night uh, slate. Listen, USC go to Washington, and, you know, USC have turned things around. You know, the Trojans are a dangerous team, so that's going to be a fun football game. But I think the Huskies will sort of prove their worth uh, by beating up on the USC Trojans. And Michigan and Iowa, Iowa are a little down uh, this year, but it's, it's still going to be a dangerous trip for Michigan. But I don't see any of the big boys stumbling this week, to be honest. Tell me why this uh, Bills game makes you so nervous. Well, it makes me nervous as somebody that has Seattle. I, I'm, I'm alive in a survivor pool, and I have the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> and so I'm just nervous uh, because I'm down to – there's only other – there's one other guy. We're playing for $5,000. I just don't like the fact that I'm picking on my Buffalo Bills here. <laughs> but I don't think it's a good matchup uh, for Buffalo. Now, there's nothing – I can't sit here and tell you, listen, you look at the Seattle Seahawks and I can't give you, you know, a list of 10 solid reasons why Seattle is going to cover the point spread tonight. You look at their offense and they're really struggling right now. I mean, you know, last week they struggled against New Orleans. Two weeks ago they played in that 6-6 tie. Uh, but if you look at the teams that have beaten New Orleans, what the, uh, uh, New Orleans beat them, but if you look at the teams that beat Seattle, with the exception of the Rams, um, like New Orleans last week, you know, they have a good quarterback. If you can throw the football on Seattle and you can make plays with your quarterback and you've got stud wide receivers, you know, they, they gamble a lot, Seattle, and they play one on one coverage. So if you've got a great quarterback, you can beat them, especially over in the middle of the field. I'm a Tyrod Taylor fan. I like him. He's a good fantasy quarterback. Uh, but, um, he has a horrible, uh, he's, he's, he's got a horrible, you know, QBIQ, uh, so to speak. He doesn't read defenses. The plays that he makes are sort of on broken plays. And the Buffalo Bills, are they run the football. They run for 151 yards a game, which is pretty impressive. Second best in the National Football League. Seattle only give up 89 yards a game uh, on the ground. You're not going to be able to run on Seattle, even with LaShawn McCoy tonight. 
You know, McCoy's a stud. He's averaging over 5.3 yards a clip this year. But even with McCoy back, I just don't see Buffalo being able to really get their ground game going. And um, conversely, their passing attack is, you know, is anemic uh, as it is. And, you know, you consider all the injuries that they have. And, you know, Monday night in Seattle, Pacific Northwest, uh, heading west. I just think it's a really bad spot for the Bills. You know, I don't think this is going to be on uh, ESPN Classic anytime soon. Might be boring as hell and an ugly game. But I think uh, I think Seattle win. I'm going to lay the six. And uh, I think they get it done tonight, like, you know, in a 27-17 type game. You know, 27-14 type thing. Gabe, I have to ask you, out of pure curiosity on my own, uh, from my own perspective, uh, Thursday Night Football has just, in my opinion, been atrocious to watch, really, since its inception. How well played is it? And by played, I mean uh, you're out there, you see people playing the game, whether they're on one team versus another team, with the money going one way or another. How well is it played from that perspective? Well, the Thursday night game has been um, has been frustrating for everybody, including coaches and. I was speaking with someone last week about this, actually, and for the life of me, well, I actually, it makes sense because the NFL doesn't make sense often in that <laughs> times. But why wouldn't they, on these Thursday night games, at least have Thursday night, uh, have the games involving teams coming out of a bye week? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have could not agree out more. Of a bye week. You have them coming out of a bye week, and then they're even going to be off again for another until the following week again. So teams wouldn't dread it to be like, hey, you know what? It's good. We're playing Thursday. We're going to get a week off, and we're going to get an extra nine days in between our next game. And then you'll actually get a better product, and maybe the ratings would be actually better uh, on the on Thursday night. Now, when I started these Thursday night games, let's be honest, we were all excited. Oh, great. Sure. Another game to bet on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know that, that's the way we looked at it. But I like the Thursday night college game. I love the college card on Thursdays. So they put the crap on. They've gone through the big announcers. Ooh, maybe if we get Jim Nance to do the game, people, yeah. Because I'm tuning in because Jim Nance is doing the game. You know? And then like, even now, now Michaels is great. But, you know, are people going to tune in this Thursday to the Browns and the Ravens? Because, oh, you know, Al Michaels, remember he did the uh, Do You Believe in Miracles in 1980? Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, so it's it's been tough. But we've seen the last couple of Thursday games. They've been going over the number, but you're right in the sense that they're supposed to be division games. They're supposed to be these, you know, great, great, you know, close football games. But usually one team just sort of taps out. <laughs> they're like, man, you know, it's like a UFC fight. One fighters, one team's just pounding the other team, and the other team's like, well, I knew we weren't ready for this, and you know, let's let's just get out of here. You know, and you know, you look at this Thursday as well. Like, why would Baltimore and Cleveland be on TV? <laughs> No, like seriously. Yeah. I mean, we no. all laugh about it, but like, really, yeah. why are they on TV? Yeah. Like, you know, the NBA, the NBA's not putting the Sacramento uh, Kings on, you know, at, you know, in their prime time game. It yeah. just doesn't make sense. Right. You know, you could get rid of Cleveland. You have to put every team on TV at least once. So put the Browns on in like week one or week two before we all know they're going to be 0-9. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like put them on. You know, and they talk, they bitch about the ratings. Oh, the ratings are down. They blame the election. There's nothing to do. Like, I see everyone's blaming the election. Like, Dunkin' Donuts stocks are down. All oh, the election. <laughs> what, people are eating less donuts now because <laughs> Hillary and Donald are on TV? Because the election. Oh, the election. Everything's the election's fault. So, like, the, the NFL ratings. Oh, the election. No, it's not the election. 
Look, guys, you've had eight prime, eight weeks of primetime football so far. The Chicago Bears have been on four of them. <laughs> yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Like, why? Like, did anyone think before the year, why oh, the Bears are going to be 12-4 and four <laughs> this year? So we better schedule the Bears on national television every two weeks. And then, you know what? After we have that Bear game on primetime, why don't we follow it up with a Cleveland Brown game? Because I hear they're going to be 11-5 and five this year. Like, it, uh, it doesn't make sense to me, guys. Yeah. It just... You know, it's, it's baffling. Like, yep. it's, it's awful. Like, you know, fortunately, we'll have college football and college basketball starting this weekend, so we won't have to watch that stuff. Yeah, I, I, you have no idea how excited for college basketball I am. That is exactly what I'm waiting for, so hopefully I can come back here at some point to talk to you about some college basketball as well. Well, even the NBA has been a nice uh, change of pace. And I'm not going to lie and say it's not frustrating, you know, when you have money on a team and they quit in the fourth quarter. <laughs> uh, but... You, know, you, you, you take it on the chin and you move on. Uh, but you, the NFL, it's just been bad. And I sort of waver. Like years ago, I was the type of guy that if you told me, listen, you can either watch the game Saturday or Sunday. There's no there's no both. I take the Saturday. You know, like I just say, you know, I'd rather get the the, the atmosphere and the, the pageantry of college football and the excitement. But the last couple of years, I've done so well betting in the NFL uh, that you know the NFL almost became my go-to thing, so I'm disappointed this year. The games are bad. The league is bad. The games have been boring. It's it's hard to uh, it's hard to to handicap this year because there's no real flow. There's just so many average football games. Seems like every game you're just almost flipping a coin in the National Football League right now. But with that being stated, I do I do like Seattle tonight. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be an overly exciting game. But I think Seattle will get back on track. Point spreads come down at six points right now. They should be able to get there. And for those of you that play props, if you're real hardcore and you're playing some props out there, uh, Russell Wilson, the quarterback prop, is 21.5 completions. Um, he's, he's had more than 21 completions in six or seven games. So even though the Seahawks offense has struggled in putting points up on the board, only scoring like 18 points per game, uh, he's actually completing a lot of like dinks and dunks, et cetera. So I like that prop at over 21 and a half uh, tonight for Russell Wilson, too. Great. Well, Gabe, thanks a lot. So Thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Hey, anytime, guys. Enjoy the game. Thanks a lot. That uh, was our handicapper. Uh, you know, you, you told me. You told me. He, he was just going to – he carries most of these. The, every time he comes on, he carries it because he always has something funny to say. Like, he nailed it with the Thursday night games. Why don't you make it two teams coming off a bye? Right. Then it would be a good game. It I, would actually be a good I, product. I, when they started, when they first did Thursday night games, that's what it was because they, they didn't do them all season. Yeah, it was short. It and was it a was, short little – It was half the season and all of them were coming off the bye. Yeah. And that was fine. The product on Thursday nights is atrocious. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah. And, and I've been saying that for years, and initially uh, people argued with me, and now I think the entire country sees it. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, That's brutal. Clearly, I was the forerunner of, of, of all of that. I was the, the one who began the push to realize <laughs> that everyone realized it, it sucked. Anyway. Well, well, to think that I have to sit here this Thursday and watch the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns no, play. No, like, you don't. Like, like Turn what? off the television <laughs> like, and why would I? Like, why would I ever... <laughs> Do that? Why would I ever subject myself to watching the Cleveland Browns lose another game on Thursday night in primetime? Like you said, Al Michaels. Al Michaels is going to get me to watch this game. Jim Nance is going to get me to watch this game. I'm not even going to come close to it. I have to. I'm. T- I'm 
annoyed that I have to pick the game for the, for the show. I'm annoyed that I have to actually sit there <laughs> and think about, oh, could the Cleveland Browns actually cover this week? No. I'm, I just I hate it. Thursday night football is a waste of time. Please, if you're going to do it, do it right. Don't give me Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens. It's awful. And on that, Sully, you let us into our break with that <laughs> diatribe. Sean Sandel filling for Jimmy Murphy here on the stretch run. Sully alongside. We are in our third and final hour. Only about 35 minutes left. Yeah. Keep it locked. It's the Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on ESPN New Hampshire. New York peace of mind. Let's discuss a little bit of the Derek Rose trade. I think he needed to start fresh. I think New York is the perfect place for him. He loves being in a city. He loves being under the bright lights. I think him, Mello, and Porzingis is an interesting, you it's know, interesting. it's a curious how everybody melts yeah. together. He has been a league average point guard, essentially. But, as we were touching on already, is significantly better than what the Knicks had. Starting now, the Knicks are in a much better place than they were three days ago. Every Saturday from 2 to 4, here on ESPN New Hampshire. Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Dak Prescott is making life difficult for NFL GMs and head coaches. The rookie QB has led the boys to a 7-1 start and looks like a poised veteran. And Prescott went in the fourth round. How are Rams fans supposed to feel about seeing number one overall pick Jared Goff still sitting on the bench while Case Keenum struggles? Or in New York, where Ryan Fitzpatrick is throwing picks all over the place. They have a fourth-round pick from last year, Bryce Petty, sitting on the bench. And this year's second-rounder, Christian Hackenberg, is behind him. If Prescott can walk in and succeed, why can't other young guys get a shot? Of course, Prescott has a lot more help. Dallas also drafted Ezekiel Elliott, and the run game looks unstoppable. But Prescott proves if you can put an inexperienced quarterback in the right situation, he can succeed. The Rams and Jets don't feel like they're in that same spot. So for now, their young quarterbacks sit while Dak and the boys continue to roll. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Sadly, folks, Buffalo Wild Wings cannot remake your fantasy football season. They can't tell you who you should have benched or who you should have started. But Buffalo Wild Wings can make your lunch hour a lunch hour that's worth it. Every weekday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., they've got the B-Dubs Fast Break Lunch Menu with awesome options like wings and shareables for discounted prices. And they have their TVs tuned to the latest analysis, so there may be hope for your fantasy team yet. Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings, Beer, Sports, please drink responsibly. Did you accomplish everything you set out to do this year? LegalZoom reminds us there still is time. Say you'd like to finally start that dream business, but you're unsure whether to incorporate or form an LLC, and maybe have a great idea for an invention, but no idea how to protect it. LegalZoom's network of independent attorneys available in 48 states can help you without billing by the hour since LegalZoom isn't a law firm. Take control of your future now at LegalZoom.com. And for a special savings, enter Patrick at checkout. LegalZoom.com. Are you looking for an electrical contractor you can count on for insight, experience, and quality work? How about a partner who is dependable and operates with high integrity? The answer is Hammond Electric. Hammond Electric provides quality licensed electrical work for commercial, industrial, biomedical, and life sciences facilities in Massachusetts, Southern New Hampshire, and Southern Maine. Hammond Electric, powering your productivity. Please call 800-966-5040 or visit HammondElectric.com. The money-saving tip. Coming at you with another money-making tip. How to save money effectively. Tired of overpaying for stuff? 
then head to ESPNNHradio.com and check out the ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You can save up to 50% on deals from all your favorite local businesses and restaurants. Why pay full price when gift cards and gift certificates are only a few clicks away? So start saving now by going to ESPNNHradio.com and checking out the new ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You're welcome. We all have our mountains, the challenges that push us further. At Coors Light, our mountain is brewing the world's most refreshing beer. That's why all of our breweries cold lager to give Coors Light its signature crisp taste. It's why we cold filter to ensure brilliance and clarity. And it's why we package cold to seal in Coors Light's refreshing flavor. Because we believe every climb deserves a refreshing finish. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Great beer, great responsibility. Every big sports moment can be heard right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Classic a shot. Down in front, picked up by Crosby. Lobbed down the ice. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have won the Stanley Cup. Flips to Jenkins. Three for the win. It's good. Steps back, puts up a three, won't go, final seconds, it's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions, the Cavaliers are NBA champions! We've got it all here, this is ESPN New Hampshire. Grace, work, sports, bikinis. 18-year-old guys have a lot on their minds. Accidentally breaking the law probably isn't one of them. Yet that's exactly what young men will be doing if they fail to register with Selective Service. So if you know a guy turning 18, do him a favor. Remind him. Fortunately, it'll only take him a few minutes because that's all it takes to register at SSS.gov. Then he can get back to his distractions. I mean, homework. SSS.gov. Register. It's the law. The Red Sox, Patriots, Bruins, and Celtics. No one talks our teams better than our team. It's ESPN New Hampshire. It's 6 o'clock here, driving home, taking that time away from work, ready to go relax at home, and we begin that piece here on the, the stretch run. On the stretch run. The stretch run. The stretch run. Damn it. <laughs> there it is. You just, you know, you need to, you need to do the, the coming back from each hour now because <laughs> you have that uh, creative juices flowing It's there. the stretch run. For, you know, it's, it's down the stretch run. Yeah, the creative <laughs> juices are flowing for you, so I'll let you do the in and out now. <laughs> Sean Sendall filling in for Jimmy Murphy on the stretch run. Sully alongside. Uh, we've had a great show thus far. Really, uh, it's gone fast. It's gone furious. And I'm going to take some time now. As I mentioned, really at the top of the show, and for those of you who are not with us then, I want to wrap up the baseball season in some capacity with some final thoughts. Not necessarily what the Red Sox will do, what they need to do and what the offseason will look like, but more on a broader landscape. And the fact, one, that as a Red Sox fan, this is me taking off my analyst hat and saying emotionally as a fan, I truly, truly empathized and appreciated when the Chicago Cubs won the World Series. To the point where I looked up, Cubs T World Series T-shirt because I was like, you know what? It's like I was it's so excited. Historic, yeah. I was I was so excited for them. It's that historic. 
I looked it up and I was like, I wonder how much it costs. And I clearly I didn't buy one because yeah. I don't really care that much. But in the moment, I was very excited to the point where there's some really cool t-shirts out there, believe it or not. I, I would <laughs> nice. say check them out if you're really interested. But I looked them up. I truly looked them up because I, I was that intrigued. And I said from day one, all I wanted, all I wanted to see was seven games out of the series. Yeah, you wanted a good series. I didn't care who won to an extent. I was leaning toward the Cubs simply for the fact that they did have that drought. And as a Red Sox fan, I could very much empathize with them. But with that said, I deep down, I didn't care. I didn't. But at the same time, I just wanted to see. I, they were two fun teams to watch. They yeah. truly, truly were. And I want to go and look at it from the Indians' perspective. This is a team that made it to the World Series with two of their three star pitchers out. Done. Salazar, he played, but barely. Corey Kluber was fantastic. And, of course, Carlos, Carlos Carrasco was not there. If those three are there for the foreseeable future, next year, year after, a few years down the road, I don't care who else is on the roster. That is going to be a formidable team. They Agreed. have a Agreed. lot of talent on the mound. And that's taking away nothing from the guys behind them. And in the field, look, we, we could go over all of them, and I don't need to. I truly, truly don't need to. I'm a big fan of Francisco Lindor. Love him. But other than that, it comes down to they have – they are the opposite of how the Red Sox are built. Yes, I would agree. They have all – they have the pitching that the Red Sox really – young pitching that the Red Sox lack. The Red Sox, yes, they have pitchers. They have the Rick Porcellos, the David Prices. But who is after them? Who do they have coming up? Is the, there anyone coming up at all? You know, I, no, I can't no. think of one. Brian Johnson, Henry Owens can't find the strike zone, nope. so it can't be him. Nope. They have nobody in the pipeline, whereas you have the Indians who have Salazar. To think that the Indians got to where they to the World Series with just Kluber, really, and they were throwing Trevor Bauer and you, uh, every name him. You know, well, Bauer's a by the way a, a fine number four. Oh, great! A yes, fine. A number very four. good fine number four. <laughs> not a number two. He's not Salazar. He's not Carrasco. To think that they got to where they were without Salazar and Carrasco, and then to think that they had Salazar coming out of the bullpen in the World Series, that's pretty scary. That's so, pretty scary to think about. As much as I would love to talk about the Cubs and their team and their win, my point to all of this simply is: as Red Sox fans out. out there, <laughs> look out, watch out. Yeah. This Indians team is going to be around for a while. You have the young studs in the field. They have the young pitchers. Yeah. And can they mold and, and groom a young guy for the field? Well, they have with Lindor. Yeah. Can you mold and groom a young guy to pitch? I don't think so. You don't have it. You I, haven't done it since John Lester. Yeah. I mean, is it Henry Owens? Because Henry Owens can't find the strike zone. He has no shot at finding the strike zone, you know? And... They don't have the young pitching, and yes, you, you rely on your David Price that you paid. Absolutely, you paid to get David Price to be in the situation. Didn't work out this year. Didn't work out in the playoffs. Rick Porcello, same thing. Had a great year. Didn't exactly work out in the playoffs for you. So 
Are they gonna? Are, are you gonna have the same year from Rick Porcello next year? Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright came out of nowhere to start the year and had a fantastic start of the year. If it wasn't for Stephen Wright, you wouldn't have been in the position you were in. You know. So is that going to continue? You can't bank on Stephen Wright or any of these guys having the same year. So this Indians team will be around, and they will be around for yeah. Look out <laughs> the next few years at the very least until they have to start paying all of them, and that's when the question marks arise. Congratulations to to the Chicago Cubs again. It it felt even for me just the empathy. Yeah, was really really as a Red cool. Sox fan. You as a Red Sox fan, you understand. Yeah, but on the other side of things, watching that Indians team, watching them, they, they were managed properly. They have the a phenomenal bullpen. Yeah, Andrew Miller is a weapon, and <laughs> they will have three stud starters for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Watch out. For this Indians team, if you foresee your Red Sox team in the playoffs, they will at some point have to try and go through the Indians as they had to try this year and didn't were incredibly work out very unsuccessful. Well. Yeah, didn't work so out very watch well. out for that Indians team moving forward. 603-883-9900 is your number. We have Mark in Manchester on the seas. Mark, what's up, man? How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I mean, it's the early season for the Celtics. Um you know, but I've, I've noticed some things too. I haven't called in on Saturday mornings or the uh, the afternoon show because I just wanted to let things develop all the way through um, preseason and uh, summer uh, summer ball. And uh, the one thing that's always going to play a, a part, it's playing a part now, are injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they can say what they want to say about you know who's forecasted to be number two in the East or number three or what have you. You know, injuries play a big part. Um, and I'm not. I'm not sure what his rotation is right now. I think that's a good point, Mark. I think he's still almost analogous to the Patriots' offensive line, how they run guys in and out, and they're trying different things in different positions. Is Jordan Mickey going to have a bigger role moving forward, or is that going to be Tyler Zeller's spot? He's still trying all of that. Is Jalen Brown going to be a starter once in a while when Crowder is down? Is he going to be there in there in crunch time? I think he's he's still playing with that. I agree with you, Mark. I'm not sure what he's doing yet, but I'm not sure he knows what he's doing yet either. He's trying to figure it out. Honestly, uh, Jalen Brown has been starting a lot of games, and it, and it seems like he's been uh, producing. Um, I'm not sure why I'm saying this, but I kind of like his game better than uh, Jay Crowder's. Really? Yeah. I like his athleticism. I like his, his creativity. Um, I like his speed better, and... Um, well, I guess that brings me to another point. Their defense is not team defense right now, no. also. Nope, it's not. Because they do have new players um, that are not key on the ball instead of playing key on the man sometimes. And um, I'm going to tell you something. I got this funny feeling. Oh, first of all, I got to tell you this joke. What's green all over, walks like a duck, and plays basketball? Sully? Uh, walks like a duck. Hmm. Sully doesn't have Isaiah it. Thomas. I got, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I can see that a little bit. Yeah. That makes sense a little bit. I All have right. to get that out before I forget. Okay. <laughs> Listen, that brings me to this point. What if Terry Rozier matures? Bigger, faster, better defense? Who's to say they keep Isaiah? The good point. I'm kind of thinking outside the box here, guys. That's because, a good point. Yeah. You know, the question is are they building a championship team? The team they have now is not a championship team. Yes, I agree with you. They need more. And you bring up a good point. Isaiah Thomas does have a movable contract, a very good contract, but I don't know if Terry Rozier has taken that step yet. You know, I don't know if I would feel okay with them moving an Isaiah Thomas right now. 
and they, it's not up right to now, but but you know, injuries play a part. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, maturity plays a part. What is this? His second, third year? Second. Yeah, second year. Yeah, you know, and he's proven to get better every year. Um, James Young, I think this is his third year. He was up in Maine with the Red Claws. RJ yeah. Hunter is gone, so they do make moves. I think. They I think you're. Moves. I think your your point, and it's and it's it's a, it's a big question. It's a good question. Is is the team they have now? Is the core they have now? the team they want to have when they go for this championship. Is this a championship core, or are the guys behind them going to be part of this championship core? Who's who's going to be part of the championship core? Is it the Al Horfords? Is it the Isaiah Thomas? Is it win now, or are you still looking towards the future? I got one more this and that. Olenek or Jarevko? I, I am more than happy to see Kelly Olenek leave. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am, I'm with you. I am more than happy. I will take, uh, I think, Jonas Jarevko, while he's hot and cold, if he hits his first one, you're going to see him continue to hit. And for me, Kelly Olnick, I, I was done with him about after his rookie season. Mark, I really appreciate the phone call. I have to tell you, I don't completely agree with the Rozier point about Isaiah Thomas simply because I don't think Rozier is the same type of player that Isaiah Thomas is. Rozier is more, a little bit more of a pass-first guy. Not too much. He's still yeah. a scorer, uh, but he's also not as talented of a shooter. Isaiah Thomas, I remember watching him at Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the same game that he does right now. He's clearly improved that game, but it's still the same style of game. Terry Rozier, a similar style in a sense that he drives to the hole, but he likes to dish, and he's not going to take the long jump shots as much. To your point, however, I agree. This There is not a single person on this team. No one's untradeable. That is untradeable. No, there's not no, a single you don't have person. A guy, you don't have a guy on this team that is, is, a, is an untradeable, is a centerpiece player for a championship team. You don't have a championship roster yet. So if you're going to build that, you're going to, especially in this market, as sad as it is, as great of a sports market as it is in the NBA, you don't attract free agents. You just don't. You don't do it. And you attracted Al Horford, but Al Horford's – not exactly a high-end marquee Kevin Durant-type free agent. He's a team guy, and he's he was probably the, the guy that if you're going to attract a free agent, it's going to be that guy. You he know? was still the second-best free agent he's, on the market. Yes, of course. He's the second-best free agent on the market, but that's not he's not a game-changer. He's not a, a, a centerpiece guy. In order to get that guy, you might have to trade for him. It, it might be one of those KG situations where you just got to force him here, and once he gets here, he realizes how great it KG is. KG still had to, because he had a no-trade clause. He still yeah, had to I, agree yeah, to but come. It was, but it, was, it was, was one of those things where he wasn't, Boston wasn't on his radar. You know, it wasn't like one of those things where he's like, oh, I want to go to Boston, you know? And he got here, he realized how great it was, and he fell in love with it. And I think that's something you might have to do to get a star player in here, because right now, this team as it is right now, you don't have a star player. As much as everyone wants to say Isaiah Thomas is the star player, he's not. He's 5'8 on a good day, and he has trouble getting a shot off in big situations. Uh, well, you know? I have to ask you this, because I've been talking about this since, well, last year. Is there a huge problem with this team continuing to build through the draft? No, because I do believe that there is a, there will be a team and you hear the DeMarcus Cousins rumors and all this other stuff that value, that will value having young players and draft picks that do value the draft picks. Yes, you couldn't you couldn't swing a trade this year and you tried really hard and the third pick just didn't have the lust that a first pick the first pick in the draft or the second pick would have. And I think accumulating assets is just about the only thing you could do right now cuz you're stuck in the middle. You know, you can't you can't sign the big free agents. You have to most likely going to have to trade for them. So the only way you can do that is accumulate assets. The classic Celtics teams that always won, Red Auerbach led, whether he was in the front office or on the sideline, 
were built through the draft. You couldn't move that third pick. People were trying to give you pennies on the dollar, so you yeah. utilized it. Jokic and Nurkic. Right. You, you, you picked someone that I believe the organization thinks is going to be a Paul Pierce-type player. Yeah, he's a ve- I, I, was, I was very down on the pick at first, but now that I've seen him and done some research, and, and I didn't watch much of him at Cal, obviously being at Cal, you don't get a lot of those You're games. You're lucky then because yeah. he did not look good at Cal. Yeah, you, a lot of those he games looked better in high school. Really? Yeah. Uh, the games I saw, so I, again, this is, we're getting into college basketball right now, so I'm, I'm getting excited here. <laughs> the, the, I watch those high school all-star games anytime they're televised. Yeah, I get into that too. I get deep I into will it. watch, you know, read up, and then, so I saw Jalen Brown before he got to college, and then yeah. I was excited to watch Athletic him in college. Freak. Yes. This is a guy who, I remember thinking, okay, the Celtics have the Nets pick. This is a guy that could possibly be the pick before the season started. Yeah. Then I watched I him at Cal, you. and he, he was, a no show. He disappeared. He, was, he disappeared. So that gave me pause. It gave me concern. And then you, they draft him on draft night, and I'm thinking, okay, what was really on the board that you really wanted? Buddy Heald, I'm a big fan of, great shooter. Yeah. And that's what people wanted. I get why yeah. they wanted the shooter. But he peaked. But if they that's think, his peak. And I'm, I'm still not sold on that yeah. either. But, yeah. but if they think Jalen Brown, because they got to see him, they got to sit with him, talk to him, yeah. work him out, they think he's going to be Paul Pierce. I decided, and that's what I think. I haven't heard anyone else say this yeah. uh, from their camp. I think they think he's going to be Paul Pierce. So I looked up Paul Pierce's statistics from college. Yeah. Not from his junior year when he left college, but from his freshman year, like Jalen Brown. Yeah. Almost identical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Free throw percentage was low for both. Uh, Three-point percentage was low for both, but it was nearly identical. Their body bodies are similar, at least at that time, the difference, the main difference, is in my opinion, Jalen Brown is significantly more explosive. Yeah. That first step yeah. and to the rim. Paul Pierce was sneaky quick. Almost like you didn't realize, almost like the old Lulled man at the sleep. YMCA. Yeah, lulled you to sleep. Yeah, he just, he made that first step and you didn't know it was coming and then he used his strength to get by you. Yeah. Jalen Brown has the quick first step to get by you and he can jump and get to the rack. That was never Paul Pierce's forte. But he has a similar, aside from that difference, it's a similar style of play. So I think that's what they think he's going to be. So if you draft a guy like that with the Nets pick, and the following year you have the Nets pick, which will land one, two, three, four, five, yeah. more likely one, two, or three. Hopefully one. And you could <laughs> land a guy like Markel Fultz from Washington, who is a scoring point guard. Yeah. So you'd have to make moves for the guys on your roster. But yeah. nonetheless, Right now is projected to be the number one pick. There's Jason Tatum, Tatum from Duke. Yeah. Uh, there are a few other big guys. Bam something crazy last name from Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, there are some big guys out there, too. There are solid options. This is supposed to be. Yeah, we hear this all the time. This is a draft. Supposed to be another solid draft. But this one is actually, there's actually depth in this draft. There's actually multiple Whereas players. last year it was last top two. It was, it was Ingram, else. it was Simmons, and then the difference between Ingram are. Simmons and everybody else was just huge. Significant. It's it just a huge gap. This year, you got two players on Duke. There's a, I forget what the big man's name is, but you got Tatum. And those are two guys on one team that are just dynamic. They're all dynamic high school players. Now, like Jalen Brown, are they going to show up? I don't know. But I'm excited to see. And yes, you, you're, really your options are build through the draft or trade for a guy because you saw what happened with Durant. You got the meeting. That's great. You got a meeting. And he was he was going he, like awesome like really good. That's a step in the right direction that he was thinking about coming here. But really, was he coming here? I I just don't believe it. Everything you hear about Warriors and how they went after him in season and all this stuff with Draymond Green, 
I don't think he was ever coming here. Harry Giles, by the way. Yeah, Harry. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, there it is. So I had to think about it too. Yeah, worry. right. You know, and I, I just think that the only way you're going to get a star player here is to essentially force him here in a trade, and it's going to be someone who's not happy, like a Demarcus Cousins, who's a who's a problem in the locker room, who's a who's a who's a tumor in the locker room, or something of that nature. You're going to have to force somebody here. And force them into liking it here, and they'll and they'll figure it out when they get here how great of a market it is, <laughs> or simply build or, through the damn draft, or you have to, or you have to nail, and I mean nail these Nets picks. You have so to figure it out. You have There's, to be spot on with these. Figure Nets it picks. out. You know what the. If you look at the Golden State Warriors, yeah. they figured it out. You look yeah. at the San Antonio Spurs. I know they recently signed Lamarcus Aldridge, but aside from that, Kawhi Leonard, they figured it. it out. Well, they 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 targeted him through a trade. Yeah, and they traded for it. They had the Pacers trade draft him and then they traded for him yeah. which was a smart pick yeah, nailed it yeah you the, some of the best teams have built through the draft yeah why why and i've implored celtics fans for the past year now i wrote about it for espn new hampshire website i speak about it on my radio yeah. show why are you so ill content with building impatience. through the draft it's impatience it's the it's the whole we want it now thing and it's the whole the entire Boston market wins and the Patriots win and and you have the Bruins who have won before and you have the Red Sox who are in the playoffs this year. Bruins have won once in our lifetime. I know, but it's 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 a it's a winning environment and and the fans get so hung up on winning, winning, winning. They don't understand that you have to. Sometimes you have to go down to go up. Sometimes you have to build, especially the the NBA. Sully, they haven't go. They went down one year. I know they're a good team right now. They're fun to watch. They're talented. And the best part is you can take a guy like Jalen Brown, if you think he's going to be that good, you have time to develop him. You have time to develop. You don't have to play him immediately and expect 20 and 10 out of him. The true Celtics fans understand that to get, especially in the I NBA, I don't think they do. To get, I don't think any Celtics fans <laughs> to get that. to get to where you want to be, to get to the championship team, it takes patience and you have to trust the process. There's a reason that they extended Brad Stevens. The reason they extended Danny is because they understand that to get where they want to get, it might have to come through the draft, and you might have to take young players and let them develop and play them and let them develop and see what happens. You might have to take a risk on a Jalen Brown and and. You know, when he was drafted, everyone freaked out. Everyone hit the panic button, freaked out, and said, why didn't you draft Jamal Murray? Why didn't you draft Buddy Heald? You've seen these players. You've seen Buddy Heald put up 30-plus points in college games. They freaked out, and they didn't understand that Jalen Brown's attitude alone, just attitude alone, the fact that he wants to be the best in the league, the fact that he wants to be better and get better and and be coached and just improve his game, that alone is a reason to pick up. That alone right there, the attitude, even if his even if his ceiling is what he is now, which is a guy coming off the bench, a, a six seven guy, you take that. You take the risk that he improves and works his butt off to get better. And you take the potential. The potential of having an athletic guy, of having an athletic freak who can go to the rim. Because if he if he develops any sort of a jump shot, he's a he's a he's a dynamic player. I he will can get say, to the rim at will. I will be pretty pissed if Buddy Heald is a future all star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am a big Buddy Heald fan. I was too, yeah. And I will be pretty pissed if he's a future all-star. We have one final segment. We made it. Here tonight. Oh, I knew I'd make it fine. fine. We made it through the stretch run. It was just well done, sir. <laughs> We're going to go to <laughs> break on that. There it is. It can turn the worst day into the best tube of our head. For entertainment value, if I had to choose.
You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Is your business in search of commercial property? Garrison Glen Corporate Park, located in Exeter, New Hampshire, is a highly desirable suburban business park located just 10 minutes from Portsmouth. There are four lots remaining, ranging in size from approximately 10 to 20 acres. That's Garrison Glen Corporate Park in Exeter. Don't let this opportunity slip away. For more information and other property listings, visit CushmanandWakefield.com. CushmanandWakefield.com. Hey Chelsea, guess what? I found out my friend at school is going to be moving into a new house. Oh really? That's cool. Where's she moving to? They don't know yet. They're still looking. Do you think they'll ever be able to find a house? Oh sure. Especially if they go to see Daddy at Pinnacle Mortgage. Right, Isabel? That's right, Chelsea. They'll get low rates, great service, and many options to choose from. You see, Pinnacle Mortgage offers FHA, VA, USDA, conventional, and New Hampshire Housing First-Time Buyers Programs. Right, Owen? That's right. So, Maddie... You should tell your friend's parents to go see Dad and the staff at Pinnacle Mortgage. Pinnacle Mortgage. Call 603-518-7900. Pinnacle Mortgage. 65 Market Street, Manchester. And online at PinnacleMTGCorp.com. Pinnacle Mortgage. NMLS number 1323739. Licensed by the New Hampshire Banking Department. Connecticut Mortgage Broker License number MB1323739. Main Loan Broker License number 1323739. Kurt Stranson. NMLS number 22202. Equal housing opportunity. PinnacleMTGCorp.com. Do you have a flooring project in mind? Then let the experts at Divine Flooring partner with you to get the job done. Divine Flooring is committed to providing their customers with the best advice and products at the best prices. From carpet to hardwood to tile and stone, Divine Flooring will help you obtain a beautiful new floor that will last a lifetime. Plus, they have a huge selection of area rugs in stock at all times. Come experience the Divine difference. You'll be floored. Located right on Route 101 in Wilton. Call 603-654-5400 or visit DivineFlooring.com. Sergeant R.J. Anderson's dream was to take to the skies. I've always wanted to be a soldier, but my ultimate goal was to be a pilot. I think I was meant to to fly. I had just applied to be a part of the 160th SOAR Regiment, and I was going to airborne school that next Monday. So I decided to go on a motorcycle ride with my buddies. We were going through a turn, and that's all I remember. That's the day everything changed. I was told by the doctor that I would never walk again. Thanks to Paralyzed Veterans of America, competing in adaptive sports lit my fire again. They help you transition for the rest of your life to that individual that you want to be. Sports like hand cycling really pushes you to, to find who you are in that redefining moment after injury. With PVA Sports, I've, I've found my freedom. Now when I think about my future, the possibilities are endless. For more information, visit pva.org, a public service of Paralyzed Veterans of America. This is boot camp. This is the real thing now. You've never done anything so hard in your life. You don't understand how you can finish. It takes inner strength and desire to become a Marine. When I I finished, I was like, I did it. The moment I will never forget is when this drill instructor that I admire so much comes up to me and said, good morning, Marine. PFC Summer Volkman became a Marine. Can you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for The Right Time with Bomani Jones, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Final segment here on The Stretch Run. I'm Sean Sundahl filling in for... 
Jimmy Murphy alongside Sully. What's Rare. You've got me for the next few minutes and me tomorrow and me on Wednesday. Wednesday while Sully is out. Uh, well, he's covering the bees, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's doing his job. Doing doing what he's got to do. <laughs> so uh, Taking he, care of the business. He's off for the next, well, I would say next three days, but today's over. So the next two days following here, he'll be back with you on Thursday, and I'm sure we'll have plenty to There will be plenty of bees uh, rants <laughs> coming back on and Thursday. And you know what? And it could even start with the game tonight. Yeah. <laughs> the well Boston tonight. Bruins are hosting the Buffalo Sabres. Tonight, of course, uh, down in Boston from the TD Garden. And for the Bruins, sitting at uh, just one game over 500. I don't want to say this is none, none of them are really crucial games, and that's just not how it works. It's more the style of play and what's going on on the ice, and as before we were talking about for basketball on the court. Tuka Rask is in net or should be in net here tonight for your Bruins. What what do they need to get? You know, because look, they've been they up and down. Yeah. They've been up and down, <laughs> yeah. and it's been similar to well, look, similar to what I felt the Red Sox season was really up and down. Yeah, similar to what the Celtics team season has been thus far, up and down. Uh, the Bruins have been pretty up and down as well. Yeah, and I think that the killers for me right now is watching these last couple, of weeks, especially this New York game. Played the Clips earlier today. You're. The fact that your power play has been just awful, just horrid, 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 and now you're giving up shorthanded goals on top of that. Now it's not even that you're just bad converting. You're giving up chances going the other way, and you're letting in goals. And I don't care who you are, what goal you have, it doesn't matter who's in net. If you're giving up odd man rushes on the power play going the other way, it's probably going to end up in the back of the net. It's just, just going to end up that way. And the defense, surprisingly, Carlo's been good. The young defense has been good. But they were talking about it earlier in the midday show. If you get production from one line, if your one line, your Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak line, if that's the only production you're going to get, you're not going to be very good. Period. End of story. You'll win some games. You'll definitely win some games. But you're not going to be very good. You're not going to get this deep playoff run that that, uh, Jeremy Jacobs thinks you're going to get. You're not going to be a playoff team, period, if you only have one line and really one deep pairing playing well. So... It's it's across the board, and yes, they've been there's been injuries, and you you missed you know Backus the last couple of games. You've missed Rask in the middle of this you know, the middle of the bulk. He played the first three games, was fantastic, went down, and since he's come back, Rask hasn't really lost the game until this last game against the Rangers. So he's been very good, but you can't expect your goalie to steal games for you all year. You can't expect him to just you can't ride your goalie all year. You need more production. The Matt Bolesky's and the Jimmy Hayes's who have zero zero points on the year, zero. <laughs> points on the year. Christian said it earlier. If you're on the ice and you have your stick down, you're going to get a point at some point. You're going <laughs> to contribute. Just contribute. Be part. Jimmy Hayes gets, uh, is a healthy scratch again tonight. Was in the last game as well. They need help. They need help from other places. You can't just rely on Bergeron and, and Bergeron, Marsh, and Pasternak and expect Tuka Rast to steal your games. You're going to need help from other lines, from other places. And right now it's just not happening. How has David Backus looked, in your opinion? Good. Um, for the most part, good. You know, and he's, he was just coming back from an injury. Um, but, you know, he's been everything you expect. Now, when they signed him, it was kind of a surprise when they signed him. I didn't expect them to go out and make a big splash or anything like that. I didn't expect them to go out and, and, and try to go after a forward. I was expecting D help. Everything you heard was D help, D help, D help. We need help on D. Charles getting older. We need another guy. And they go outside David Backus. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like I'm not like I'm not mad you signed David Backus, but that wasn't the the, the thought I had. <laughs> but 
He's been good so far. He's everything you expect. He's a gritty guy. He's a locker room guy for sure. Going out and hitting people. And you're going to need him too because David Krejci has been horrid to start the year. He's been horrible, horrible, horrible. And he needs another guy on his side. And the other guy on his left side has been Matt Bolesky, who has also been horrible. So you need somebody to help that line and give him a spark and get Krejci involved here. Krejci has looked better recently in the last couple of games. He's been playing with a little more pace but still hasn't turned the corner yet. He still hasn't turned it on yet. Is know? this a mental thing for the Bruins, or is this something that I think you know, we talked about for the Celtics? It's kind of both. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of a lack of talent on, on the defensive side, the lack of D-help, lack of guys being able to to carry the load besides Char, because let's face it, Char is 39, 40 years old. He can't take the minutes that he did when he was younger. He Why are some of the best athletes in this city – 39, 40 right, years right, old. Like, <laughs> like, really, though, Zdeno Char is in great health. Like, absolutely. But it's not like Tom Brady where he sits behind a pocket. You know, Char can get exposed. David Ortiz? Yeah, David Ortiz, too. But very, like, exactly. 40 year olds that are having great careers. That's right. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's awesome. But the thing about Char is he can get exposed. He'll get exposed by the young, fast guys. He'll get exposed by the current NHL, which is speed, speed, speed. And. You're seeing that so far. You've seen that. You saw it in the World Cup before the season started. He was getting the the uh, the U.S. or the North American team, which is all under 25 players, are all skating circles around the guy. You can't rely on him all year. You can't throw the minutes that you used to throw at him. Claude Julian in 2011 was throwing him out there all all game, just putting him out there every other shift. You can't do that anymore. You can't do that anymore. You need help, and he's gotten a nice little young piece in Brandon Carlo. It's been a great story. Good to see him play well to start the year. But if those are the only two guys, Colin Miller has been a no-show. Uh, Adam McQuaid has come back, but you can't expect Adam McQuaid to do anything. Tory Krug, who's got a big contract this offseason, has been a no-show. You haven't gotten production out of some key guys. Now, if you get production out of those guys, yeah, you'll be a pretty good team. I think they'll sneak into the playoffs. But it hasn't happened so far. And I think it's not only is it mental, it's just guys not performing right They're gonna, now. Are they going to beat the Sabres tonight? Uh, they should. I think they should. I think they should at home. It should be a good game, and it should be. For me, I want to see. I want to see somebody break out. I just some somebody give me something to hang my hat on because right now, Krejci's been horrible. Bletsy's been horrible. Hayes is a healthy scratch. There's nothing for me to like look forward to and say, hey, if that guy keeps going, you got a chance there. Or if that guy shows, like I haven't seen any of it. You know, I haven't seen anything from anybody other than Bergeron, Bergeron and Marsha. You know, so. Yeah, it's it should be it should be a good game. They should win, but give me something to hang my hat on. Bleski, can you show me something? Crew, can you break out of it? Krejci, somebody's got to do something other than be awful, which is what they've been all year. Other than be awful, uh, that's uh, you know words you can live by. Yeah, words <laughs> yeah. you can live by. Don't solid. be bad. That that's was all I'm asking. Prophetic of you at the end yeah. of the night. You just know, give some, me something to hang my hat. Sometimes on. three hours just gets to you, and, and you just that's you go back to. And then the, the music blasting your ear, and you don't know what yeah, you're that, doing. That didn't help. That didn't help. <laughs> well, look, Sully, man. First show together. Thanks a lot. Awesome. I appreciate it. It's been awesome. Uh, it went well. We still have tomorrow. Little Celtic talk. I like that. We still have Wednesday. Oh, and there will be more. There's going to be Celtic plenty of Celtics. We will break down basketball too. more. We will talk college basketball. We will talk literally everything over the next two days. So for Sully and for Jimmy Murphy, who will be back on Thursday, you've got me, Tuesday and Wednesday. This was a stretch run. I'm Sean Sendall. See you tomorrow.
Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. We just bought a fixer-upper, and I don't know.